Welcome to Right at the Fork. This is Chris Angelus. This is our podcast, and we appreciate your being here. Uh, we ask you to please share with your friends this podcast. Uh, so many ways to do it, and uh, any prolific sharers out there, we may just find you and send you some gift certificates as well. So this morning, we have Amelia Lane on with us, who I met uh, at Chico when I went to visit Mindy Keith and eat one of her delicious desserts, and Amelia happened to be at the bar there. We struck up a conversation. She told me at the time she was the uh, she had developed the Portland Pastry Chef Association, uh, which has since folded into the Portland Culinary Alliance. And uh, since then, we've talked a little bit, and she has quite a prolific background growing up in North Carolina. She was a butcher and a pastry chef. She uh, ended up at, or actually enrolled in the Culinary Institute of America and was a pastry, learned her pastry skills there, came out to Portland, and she has been at such places like Picks and Merryweathers, Olympic Provisions, and Little Bird. And now she's doing some new things in the corporate world. So it's our pleasure today to have Amelia Lane with us. You look great with those. Oh, thank you. I need. You know what I need to do? I just realized I need to get some headsets with a big, thick head of hair right on top. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great head of hair. Yeah, I do. I get a lot of compliments. Yeah, thank no, it's... I never know whether to compliment people if they think that I'm actually complimenting them or just jealous. I think if you say someone has nice hair and you leave it at that, then you're good. But if you start talking about wanting to put your hands in it, maybe not so much. All right. I I will avoid that. I think we we have some other things we can talk about. But no one can see what I'm doing. So um, who knows? Maybe by the end of this, I'll have have, uh, had the opportunity. But no, I, I promise I won't do that. All right. So... Uh, what part of town do you live in? Where'd you come from this morning? Um, well, I live in Northeast now, uh, around 72nd and Halsey. Mm-hmm. I like that neighborhood. It's more of a neighborhood than other places I've lived in Portland. So, so what's going on over there? Where do you go? Uh, Tabor Tavern. I like mm-hmm. that place. I hear that from a few people. Yeah, it's all right. There's another place nearby. Is it the Tannery? Kind of new tannery. I have not been there yet because it's so tiny. It's like impossible to get in there. Really, I went. I actually had a really nice meal with Don from Yelp there. Fantastic. I mean, I definitely want to go. They're just yeah. always so crowded. It wasn't when news. we were there, but I think we went for what a pretty time early. Was it? Oh, it was four thirty or okay, five, good, something good. like that. I can do that. But it was nice. So you have done. You're young, and you have done a lot of things. I'm young, thank you. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, young period and young compared, even younger compared to me. But um, but you've done a lot of things in the food business, yeah. and you're you're not just sitting still. No. So uh, when we first met, uh, it was when I walked into Chico to have the dessert, and you know, see, I'm getting older. This is what happens. I can't exactly remember. I should have referred to my notes, but I had to have the dessert that she re- that she told me I had to have on the podcast when Mindy Keith from Chico was on the podcast, and I walked in, and you were there, and we had a really nice conversation. I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, I know. Was it a drink? Was it in... drinking chocolate? No, 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 uh, no, no. It was. Uh, do you? I remember, want that Heather? forever yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, I wasn't there. Well, no, but she mentioned it. It was the. I asked her what the one <laughs> thing was that I had to have when I went into Chico, and I had it, and I enjoyed this it. This was more than six months ago. Well, we that's were... true, but it was How great. How dare you not remember? 
Well, I'll tell you what. The reason I, I'm going to say the reason I don't remember is because we had such a nice conversation. I remember thank you. that. Oh, thank you. And I remember the dessert. It was good, but I'm terrible at remembering items. It's okay. So you and Mindy are friends. Yes. Um, we don't spend a lot of time together, but when we see each other, it's pretty epic. And what what makes it epic? What kind of things have you done to make oh, it epic? Oh, her energy. Just, well, her I energy love is pretty great, and so is yours. The She's two so positive, and it's just I I need that because I I'm Virgo Leo cusp, and I have a tendency towards uh, being over analytical and critical, which makes me seem negative. So I need to be around positive people. I need to be able to be reminded of positive things that are going on around me all the time. Yeah, that's an exercise to remember not to be negative. Yeah. Sometimes you have to just stop yourself and say, is this worth saying? I do it all the time. Oh, it's, I, in it's a conversation with Heather yesterday, I remember after I said, I didn't need to say that. And it wasn't anything critical. It's just, you know, you got to you gotta learn. I've been trying a long time and it doesn't always work. So, But Mindy's energy, oh. fantastic. So you guys, where did you meet? Was it part of the the Pastry Chef Association? Yes. Um, She became a member, and I wanted to meet her. I put a word out. Well, well, I'd have to do some backtracking, but I I, uh, left Olympic Provisions back in October to focus on the pastry organization that I had started, um, the Portland Pastry Chefs Association. Um, And I accumulated so many members and would want to do events and things and would put the word out to people like, oh, hey, here's some ideas that I have. Um, I wanted to focus more on that. So I I left Olympic Provisions and worked part-time with Lauren Fortgang. And she was wanting the PPCA. Who's who's at Little Bird. Yes, she's at Little Bird now, um, but taking a little maternity leave. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but it's pretty well, darn exciting. Did. Just, I did. You just did. So. It's very exciting. She's such a great mom. I I love seeing her in action in, in, in any way possible, whether it be doing an event or being a pastry chef or just being a mom or being a wife. She's amazing. Um, she's a great friend, too. But um, she wanted to help me get things going more with PPCA, so we did an event in January at Little Bird to raise money for... Um, oh, why can't I? It's not Mindy's dessert. Yeah, to raise money for Mindy's dessert, the one that we also can't remember. <laughs> Anyways, she was a part of that. We got to meet and work together, and it was great. <laughs> blah blah blah. So you had a lot of you. Ha- you just merged. You'll talk about it. Um, you just merged the Portland Pastry Chefs Association yes. with. The Portland Culinary Alliance. Yes, that and was. So you had a lot of members with the Portland Pastry Chefs Association. We did, and we had about 120. It was an unpaid membership, but we also, I, I was having this issue where I wasn't a nonprofit organization, even though I was acting like one. Um, we didn't have a board of directors. It wasn't well organized. Um, all of the good intentions were there. Everyone, what I learned was that. There's a real need for a pastry-focused organization or at least some sort of support. That's how we were able to have that many members um, in only a year and a half or two years of time of even existing. I'm just curious, how many of those members were men? Um, a rough guess would be about 10 or 20 at the most. Not very many, but... Um, we were getting more as we went on, and and the ones that I've met are 
probably more passionate. No, I shouldn't no, say that. I, We're well, all passionate. I it's, just think it's interesting, and I'm going to guess it's because probably uh, more girls growing up are baking in the kitchen, and it's true. it's instilled. But I, I would think, based on what you said, the men who were doing it had to decide. It wasn't probably necessarily, you have to be politically correct, but it wasn't necessarily something that was inherent and something they had in their bloodstream. I had uh, They just went into the food business and then... That's true. I've, I've run into this. Uh, this came up. I can't remember who I was talking to. We were talking about men and how they get. It's uh, people think of baking and pastry as a woman's job. And there's this stereotype. But there's so many amazing male bakers and pastry chefs that it, it's the conversation always goes to, oh, well, you're a man and you're doing this. And it's like, I want to stop having these gender conversations. Not that there's anything wrong with you bringing it up, (laughs) but it comes up and it's like, can we just talk about the food? I mean, gender comes up and it's just weird. Well, I would imagine that most chefs, male and female, who are running great restaurants had to have gone through that they have to know what they're doing and they have to know what to be critical about no matter what gender they are. Some, they had to be a pastry chef at some point or spend some time in that part of the kitchen. Yeah. I got a lot of, I had actually worked with someone, one of my first cooking jobs. Um, and the, I worked with these two twins. They were, um, men and not that much older than me. And they, point blank told me you're not supposed to be here you're a woman and they don't belong in the kitchen I'm like are you kidding me this is you know it was a that was a 99 How, just because you were in the kitchen yeah what was that all about I don't know but the great thing that happened was that was my first cooking job and less than two years later I was working as a sous chef at an extremely high volume steakhouse and he was working under me well, that's that's good. That's the best way to answer that question. Yeah. Um, so, what is it about North Carolina? So, you grew up in North Carolina. I did. But I've you know, a few people sitting in that seat, and a few people I've met. You know, Scott Dolich, uh, John Gorham. I know he all over the Mid Atlantic there. But and you came from North Carolina, I believe. There's a, all the owners of Pine State Biscuits. There you go. Right. I worked exactly. with uh, Kevin very briefly, but he remember we remembered each other. And um, we have a lot of mutual friends. You met them, you were there. Mm-hmm. So you were all pretty young. So <laughs> yeah. you actually remembered. So, what is it about North Carolina? What's going on in North Carolina that brings people? Maybe it's just they come to Portland or it's well, just coincidence. I might find I think, as many people from Oklahoma. I don't know. Wh- what I'm noticing is that it's a cer- it is a certain age group of people. And we're all re- we're very hungry for wanting to expand our food knowledge and, and be around better food i mean it's it it, to create good food that at that point in time in north carolina was hard there was only one restaurant that was doing farm to table um irregardless they have been oh i don't know maybe they're a 30 year old institution there what part of north carolina are you talking about raleigh chapel hill okay so the largest Mm -hmm. that's the well charlotte's Um, pretty big too the thing is there just wasn't people didn't get it I don't think there was a need for. But that was back in the nineties. A lot of people didn't get it. Yeah, there wasn't really there wasn't really much to get then. For me, I just wanted to get out there and get to school. I had worked with a lot of amazing chefs that <clears throat> had been to the CIA and 
I just, I didn't want to be satisfied with what I was learning from all of these great chefs because you don't know what's being omitted. You're just learning how they're operating and um, usually they're very rigid about how they want things done. And, and I, I happen to know there's more than one way to do everything. And I wanted to know as many of them as I could. And I wasn't going to be satisfied with my, uh, my own performance until I had experienced something outside of North Carolina. So, so can we back up a little bit? Yeah. Do you mind? Just what was the, what was the moment that made you decide you wanted to go into cooking and, um, but you love that. I mean, what was your childhood like? And oh, then what man. could making pizza with my mom? Um, she liked to make a lot of things at home. Um, pita bread. She would make pizza dough. Um, we also, you know, growing up in the eighties, I remember uh, a lot of food from Sam's Warehouse. So I'm glad that I also got to experience things being baked at home. Um, because, you know, you can only have so many Hot Pockets. <laughs> but I learned how to make pizza. <laughs> there is a threshold and then you're dead. Yeah, at, exactly. At point. <laughs> um, but I made pizza at home and that was, we had a lot of fix-your-own nights growing up too. My mom was busy and had young so children. Those are, the, those are the family dinners that happen in our kitchens yeah. and in the restaurants. So mm-hmm. what did you cook? When pizza. You, so, you were, so what was yeah. your, what kind of pizza do you like? Um, I, just, I, I, I you know, always I love really when people start made, talking about pizza. I like I'm right traditional there. pizza. I like the, the marinara sauce and cheese, and that's that was it. We and pepperoni. So w- when you made pizza when you were a kid, what made yours? Where you thought, man, mine is better, and I can do this someday. Pepperoni and mushroom and lots of garlic. But it has to be the crust, right? What kind of crust were you doing? Thin. Thin. Nice. Have you ever been to New Haven? No. Okay, that's. You have to go to New Haven. There's so many places I need. Yeah, no, there's a, all over the world. But yeah, we were talking pizza, so I just thought it was we'd have to go there. So you left North Carolina. Did you go to Hyde Park from there? Yeah. And I was impressed when I read that you started a bakery and pastry program at CIA. I did. I was working on the line, um, working as a sous chef and a butcher probably about 60, 65 hours a week. And I was getting really burned out. And um, I was never satisfied with my ability as a line cook. It was frustrating to me that something that I thought I put so much effort into, I really wanted to be good. And I tried so hard. I just couldn't get it. I, I didn't, it, something about the timing and the pressure of putting the tickets out in a, a certain time. And I worked at a restaurant we had 20 minute ticket time this wasn't short order cooking but the pressure was intense I couldn't handle it and maybe I could now I'd like to go back and revisit it being a more relaxed person in general I think maybe I could focus a little bit differently but I couldn't my accuracy and timing was just off and I found it frustrating I was really good at butchering I was really good at being a prep cook I was really good at doing orders and being organized and I'd probably be a much better manager now than I was then. But one night on the line, standing in front of an 1,800-degree broiler, hot, I thought, I actually can't take the heat of the kitchen, and I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to be a pastry chef. I had worked with some amazing pastry chefs, and I thought, if I'm going to go to school, maybe I want to do something different. That's a lot of money and time and Mm -hmm. a great way to accelerate my knowledge of baking and pastry and and focus on something that I hadn't really spent a lot of time doing yet. 
I knew that I wasn't going to lose the cooking because I'd still be in the restaurants. How old I, were you then? I'm just... I was 26 when I went. Okay. And I was a little nervous about being 30 and when I got out. But, you know, I, I love being in my 30s. The, the 20s was rough. There's a lot of crying. <laughs> so less crying in the 30s. A lot less. What do you think, what do you think the 40s has in store for you? Uh, a lot of smiles. Good. <laughs> that's, see, that's the positive. You're, you're not fretting. You're... No, it just keeps getting better. And I look great, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I, well, I, I can attest to that. I can only say that because I get so many compliments. I don't always feel that way. But I've, I saw a friend that I haven't seen in six years, and he's wondering why I look the same, if not better. So I, I say this is not coming from me. I, no, well, it you, feels really well, good well, to hear you, Every time I see you, you look healthy. Yes, thank so you. That's... I eat a lot of vegetables. Good. And mm-hmm. do you eat a lot of pastry, too? I try really hard not to. Um, I just had a bunch of people over last night to taste cake that I'd been test baking and we had to do a photo shoot for. Mm-hmm. And um, because there aren't, I don't, I'm not in a restaurant anymore, I miss feeding people. It, it breaks my heart to see these things. Sometimes they sit around for days waiting for a photograph. But with cakes, it, it has to be fresh or it doesn't. You can tell in a photo of a cake if it's not fresh, I mm-hmm. think. Um, the way it soaks up moisture uh, especially if there's fruit involved, it just becomes unphotogenic. So I stayed up until two o'clock in the morning. We did the. But photos. don't most food photographers know how to play with it anyway? So it's not the genuine. That's cake? not what we're doing. Okay. We're, the the people I work for have, they've want to help people grow. So we haven't. We don't have a a food stylist on set mm-hmm. when we're doing this. It's me at home right now with um, a person who you know, just as loves doing photography and grew up doing it. And I, he does, he did something else for a living. I, I can't remember what, but so now he's been hired as a photographer. And so we're jumping around a little bit. So we, we, much. Need, yes, <laughs> we need to identify what you were doing the photo shoot for. So your current business. And I want to go back. I don't, we'll go back in a minute. I want to hear the moment at CIA where you said, Hey, I'm a pastry chef. And I want to hear how you got that started because that can't be easy that's like going to yale and saying oh. i want to start this <clears throat> this program let's go there now and we'll come back to the photo shoot. okay so i i leave cooking um i had three weeks off before i went to school i had a cheeseburger every day i got really fat I had to buy new clothes that's a side note don't do that oh you, you're too late <laughs> just don't do it um we had to start off our school. Well, with, who did you go to to propose this? I mean, you, if you started a pastry, did you start it or you just said you started in it? You mean uh, the pastry program? At yeah, the, the pastry CIA? program. I didn't start it. They had been. Um, oh, I read that incorrectly then. I oh. thought you start. I thought you actually started this little program. Oh, over I thought it was I, like a know, sub-program of something. That's so. uh, I should have written the word enrolled in. Enrolled. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's a little bit of a difference, but, it you know, still difference. impressive. This is still the, you know, the Harvard of the food business. So to go through it, fantastic. It was so, fairly so, new, though, and they were still doing a lot of um, tweaking and figuring out how they needed that program to be. Um, so we, I think a lot of our feedback as students really did help shape it. So did you go to the CIA? To, did you originally enroll in the pastry program or yes. had you gone to the CIA and then decided this was the major I, you wanted to have? Oh, no, I started with pastry. Okay. 
I was certain that I wanted at least to change, you know, to learn more and expand my horizons. I wasn't sure if I was going to excel in it or not, but I went into it thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's just see. So see how, how many, this works so out. is that four years you do that? How it's long is two it? years. Two I didn't years. stay for the bachelor's program. Um, I figured if I needed to elaborate on that, I might go to Johnson and Wales. Mm-hmm. I hear their bachelor program is pretty good or mm-hmm. their management. They, I guess they, their entire program really focuses on that. Mm-hmm. Um, not trying to plug Johnson and Wales, but I worked with a lot of Johnson and Wales students, especially baking and pastry in Providence after I graduated. And the stuff I saw them doing was amazing. And it kind of made me rethink Maybe I should have done that, but I met some amazing people. I mean, you can't go backwards. I met some amazing people at the CIA. What are some of the qualities that an outstanding pastry chef has that a not-so-outstanding pastry chef has? <sighs> Organization um, and, and, uh, and patience, I think. Um, two things that at, a lot of times I don't feel like I have at all, but I get complimented on. So, Do you think the average odd. customer... The, the organization and the patience comes through in the product that the average customer tastes? Or do you think that's just part of management and doing well and excelling in the job? Um, gosh, I guess what really I'm saying is, question. does organization help you be produce tastier stuff? Yes, because if you're unorganized, you're, you're not relaxed. And I think that does show in the product that you put out, yeah. Or you, you're working a lot more. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I hadn't really thought about it I'm that just, way. Just There's a lot more. See, as customers, which is what I am, you know, mm-hmm. we go and we eat and it's tasty. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And there are people working 16-hour days. And I ran oh, yeah. into Chris Carricker last night, and he said he had an easy day because it was only 16 hours. And normally it's 18 and and sometimes more. I don't know. And to do that day after day, week after week, yeah, and stay there, it, to me is is hard to fathom. So, all this goes on for someone to have a really delicious, beautiful bite and leave with an impression from a restaurant. And dessert is very important, I think, mm-hmm. especially in this town. I think. Oh man, there's so many. The, the, oh, I'm trying to think of how to answer that. Does it come through? I would like to think it does. That you could. Tell. I, I would imagine it comes through on a consi- on a uh, day after day basis. Someone can probably be disorganized and make a beautiful something beautiful, but to do it day after day yeah. and come up with recipes, I would imagine it makes a difference. Um, so, g- getting back to your photo shoot. Yes. The photo um, shoot. So, what are you doing now? Because um, you left OP. Yeah. And what are you doing now? It's, it seems pretty interesting. Well, <clears throat> I took a recipe writing workshop. The beginning of the year, I kind of had, you know, this moment where I realized I needed to continue my education, broaden my horizons, do some soul searching, and working with Lauren was great, but I, I kind of needed more. So I did a recipe writing workshop. Um, that's where I met Diane Morgan, by the way. And um, I, I happened to see a, a friend of mine that I had met um, – I, I used to network with bartenders a lot. <laughs> I'm not talking <laughs> about drink. That's a good no, way of putting I, it. I'm going to No, start. but I actually went out of my what way. What are you doing tonight? Well, I'm going to be networking no, with bartenders. I actually went out of my way to do it, and um, I happened to see one of them. I mentioned to her that I had done this recipe writing workshop, and and she said, okay, I, I, I have to tell 
these people that I'm working with about you, you're going to hear from them soon. I didn't think anything of it. Within a week, I got a phone, a text message or an email from Mike Wallace, who is the owner of Pure Imagination. It's an engineering company. Mm -hmm. They used to make toys and now they make adult toys. They rolled out Perfect Drink app um, last year and now they're working on a baking app called Perfect Bake. And at first I thought, you know, I didn't exactly know what to think of it, um, but they needed a, a professional pastry chef on staff um, or subcontracting. I, they have subcontracted me mm-hmm. to write recipes for them, which really turned into a much bigger project that's test baking all these recipes that I'm submitting to them. And then so what's going to happen with the app? What's the end the end result is, well, the app itself is going to be a free app launched um, sometime the end of this month or early next month. Um, I don't want to say specifically because that, that keeps changing, but we're getting very close. They're, they're working on packaging right now, and some of it has just been printed. What I mean by that is that what they're selling, what's great about this app that makes it so different is that they're, they've tooled a scale to work with the app, you plug it into your iPhone or your iPad, and as you work through the recipes, it's telling you what to do step by step. So the app itself can do this, but the way that it works with the with the scale is kind of amazing. I I really like it because it keeps you in it keeps you focused on what you need to be doing. Um, so I'm how does not, it know when you do you have to tap to say say you completed a step or is it yes actually exactly. like tuned in to as you yeah. scale each item it moves on to the next one that's, that's Any, cool yeah and when you need to move on you know scale things together um, it lets you know and it keeps you keeps you organized. Well, there you go. That's exactly. where you need to be. Yeah, so it's that great everybody for me. can be a great pastry chef or a great chef. It's all organization. Yes. But we're going to take a quick break here to take care of business. We'll be right back. This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Yelp, a website and mobile app that connects people with great local businesses. For business owners, Yelp offers Yelp Seat Me, a powerful front-of-the-house management system for restaurants of all shapes and sizes, big or small, fancy or casual. Yelp Seat Me is accessible from any web-enabled device and comes complete with everything you need to run your business, all for just $99 a month. No setup fees, no cover fees, and no minimum contract. Start your free trial today at seatme.yelp.com. That's S-E-A-T-M-E dot Y-E-L-P dot com. And now back to the show. So speaking of great pastry chefs, who are some of your favorites here in Portland? Oh, I, I know there's a long list, and let's disclaim this it's for you. I'll so disclaim long. this for you. You can't possibly name everybody you love. You're head of a, an association, so it's almost an unfair question. So let me let me try another one. What are some of the most recent dishes you've had, or most recent pastries you've had that are really memorable? Oh, okay. Well, uh, I finally made it to Fry's. Okay, Fry's Bakery. Alyssa. Yes. And um, who's doing a fantastic job? She's not only baking for Frice, but she's working for a lot of chefs' table mm-hmm. restaurants as well. Everything she's doing is so beautiful. Um, I've she's been. I, I fell in love with her through her almond croissant at St. Jack. Oh, 
a while yeah, ago. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. That oh. was the best one I've ever had. I everything she does is amazing. Um, Where is it? that's up on Mississippi? I think I had a chocolate bomb when I was there. I went for that. Okay. Yeah, well, we know you're trying to stay away from them, too. I am. I I generally don't go out for dessert. And so that's what I'm really wanting to do is just to to get to know as many pastry chefs as I can. And it breaks my heart to not be able to go and and see all of them. I think everybody in this town understands that. They they really do. You can't possibly go to every place. And we're all supporting each other. It's great. Um, Have you been to Maurice? No, I have not. That's um, a special place. It is, and I've heard of, I've heard that a lot from a lot of people. And there was a, a few weeks period of time where on Instagram I was seeing every chef that I knew had been there. So mm-hmm. I I know I need to go, and I worked right around the corner. So for um, four months or so, I should have gone in. All right. Well, we're, now we're, I'm downtown. We're putting you on notice go. now. You need to. All right. You need to go in the next few weeks. Are they open weeks. right now? I'll go right after. Actually, this. yeah, she is. I think she's open till seven. All right. So you have till seven. Good. Um, oh, Sweetheart Bakery is another one. I had one of her cakes the other day at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And so what about uh, just getting out to eat? So I, I saw you at the Bar at Chico. You're mm-hmm. eating out a little bit. Somewhere well, are you, some of your favorite places. Um, not, now that I don't commute to work, <laughs> I haven't been getting out as much. But um, when I do, it's... Uh, I. Oh, man. Well, I'll, I'll word the, it this way. Go ahead. You got something in mind. I could the see fried chicken. The and, fried chicken at Barlow Tavern. And I'm actually, I didn't even want to say it on air because I don't want to That's ruin. a new one. Barlow Tavern oh. to me? I didn't even know about it. <clears throat> I've been eating their fried chicken for years. It's kind of a, It's not, maybe it's not very well known. I it, People in the neighborhood are going to hate me for talking about it on air. Why? Because it's it's so good and you well, can get I'd lo- in there. I would love it if this show had enough listenership that that was really going to be a problem <laughs> for them. But I, I think you, I think they're safe. You're you're still going to have friends. In the okay, good. It is ridiculously low. Yeah, I'd like to see the and problem. It's, that it's, would be nice. It's Drapper Valley chicken. It's a you can get a three piece. They raised the price finally. Is that pronounced Drapper or Draper? I've always maybe it's Draper. Okay, I, I'm. Sometimes when you only read things, you don't. You know. Whatever it is, it's amazing, and it's so perfect. You can get a three-piece. Now it's 15. It used to be 12. Every time I went, I told him, this is t- you have to charge more for oh, this. Oh, good. Well, so the, now, now the neighborhood can really hate you. Yeah, well, they needed to. It was too cheap. So three-piece, and um, how do you spell bar? Is it B- B-A-R-L-O-W or yeah. B-A-L-O? Okay. I got to know, but I love fried chicken, so it's good to know about Irving Street Kitchen has good fried chicken, yes, too. Yes, yours is fantastic. But I hear they they um, inject it with butter. Yeah, well, That's there's nothing fine. wrong with that. And Tabasco. That's fine. They can do that. But if you don't want it injected with butter and Tabasco, you can get it. I'd be curious to see if you could go to Irving Street Kitchen and ask Sarah not to inject it. No, I'm pretty sure it's part of I'm the I'm pretty sure it's process. done. Yes, I know. But I just thought <laughs> it's so that's, good. that's another step. You know, uh, I want your chicken, but I, I have an allergic uh, allergy to butter. So... Let's see if she'd do it. That the would be fun. The desserts are really amazing, too. Yes. Uh, actually, she did. I told her when she was here last year at the feast after party at Irving Street Kitchen, she did such an incredible job, and she did like a, a pie, a peach pie that just, that was one of those things that stuck with me for a long time. Mm. So she does a great job. She puts popcorn, a bag of popcorn with one of her desserts. It's kind of like three desserts all in one, but one of them is a bag of popcorn. It's 
Is it regular old popcorn, or does she do something? Oh, fun she with does it? stuff to it. It tastes delicious. I don't know if it changes, but I'm trying to remember what it was when I was there. I can't remember. All right, so you've been in Portland a while. Mm-hmm. You've you've cooked at you've been some great places: Picks, mm-hmm. Olympic Provisions, mm-hmm. Little Bird. You've worked at, but you've also because you know part of your whole thing was camaraderie, and you started talk a little bit about. I want to quickly talk about. Why you started the Portland Pastry Chef Association, because I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I started and have this thing happen where I felt like pastry chefs weren't getting recognized, Um, not just by the media. That really wasn't I wasn't as concerned with getting the media to notice us as much as the people were working for. I kept running into this issue of feeling like I kept hearing pastry chefs talk about how. Their departments weren't um, getting the support that they needed. And I start, I began to get curious about, is everyone feeling this way? And then I realized I didn't know very many, and I felt kind of isolated. Um, going from being a cook to being a pastry chef was weird because I'm a very social person. I, I needed support. There's no one you can yell at to say, hey, I need this or that. You're and, a, I mean, you kind of can. Your own department usually in this town. For, yeah, well, for me, I worked in the afternoon, so I I could get a, a cook to come over if I noticed he wasn't doing anything and I needed help pouring one thing into another thing while I'm whisking something. That's kind of a thing that happens. But that's not the camaraderie you're talking about. No, so not at all. So yeah, that I felt really isolated, and um, the hours were different. So getting off work was there. There's not that fear after work with your coworkers, it's kind of like, oh, well, um, bye, guys. Have have a great night. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow at whenever I get here. Um, so I was a little lonely. And, yeah, I just wanted to meet more pastry chefs. And I couldn't exactly afford to go out to pastry shops all the time, and they're working. So it's not like you, right. could, you could pull them aside. But that's that wasn't what I was looking for either. It needed to be happy hours, doing events together, that sort of stuff. It can putting together events where we can learn. I wanted to, you know, do some chocolate workshops and some cheese, you know, knowledge workshop kind of stuff, like, you know, fundraisers for really great organizations that need it. So, so are you doing that through the PCA it. now too? Yes, so, we are. We so have, now you're, you folded it into the PCA, so now you're doing events, and they've got a broad membership. Oh, it's great. All the programs that I wanted to do for the last two years that I'd been networking with people about, talking to, you know, Greg from Corsican Cellars. I wanted to get him to do a cheese workshop. I wanted to do some some chocolate um, stuff and just so many things. I wanted to do some um, some nutrition classes. All of these things are going to be happening in the next year. It's amazing. And actually, most of them within the, by the end of the year, but we had to push the nutrition stuff to next year because it's going to be kind of intense. What's the uh, what's the URL for Portland Culinary Association? It is pdxca.org. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So it's not what you, or just Google it, Portland yeah, Culinary Google Association. Yeah, Google it. But um but it's uh the Portland Culinary Alliance. Alliance, mm-hmm. right. Why do I call it association? Sorry. Because we were talking about PPCA, right, which right, doesn't right. exist anymore. Because Thanks. Now we're doing that. I need that. you to help me along. No, it's okay. Like... No, but it's it's good to talk about it now because I spent the last two years talking about PPCA. And just last month we folded. 
So now it's this awkward moment of I still want to talk about it because it's becoming this other thing. So it is good to to be able to talk on air about how it is it is a, it has changed and necessarily has become the PCA pastry focused whatever we're the doing. mission hasn't stopped. Oh it's no, just the name. not at all. That's all. Not it's at just all. We just it. lost a P, and that's okay. <laughs> we we traded it for a, more support. And um and and I've been to some of their events and they're great and the oh, people yeah. are all great. It's a great way to network and meet fun people and it's pretty casual. Yeah. So it's great. So I was starting to lean you towards um, you know, some of the other places in Portland and the way I should have asked it was when you have because we all have this when you have friends come in from out of town. Oh. Where do you tell them to go? Um. Well, I think if they're looking for a really a great experience and they have a little bit of money, I'll send them to Little Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible there. Their food is always amazing. The service is just impeccable. Um, I I really like Pock Pock. I, I can't not tell people to go to Pock Pock. I just can't. You have to go. Um, it doesn't even matter how long you wait. That's the only place I'll wait. Um, I, well, a lot of people feel that way because a lot of yeah. people are waiting. But, you know, I th- I'm guessing what's going on now, the interesting thing about Pock Pock is that whole neighborhood built was built around mm-hmm. Pock Pock. It was yeah. built because of Pock Pock. That's true. And now all this other stuff is there. So I'm guessing I was driving by there the other day and I was seeing the line. I said, you know, now all of a sudden he's kind of hoist by his own petard because now people are going to look around and go, well, let's just go over here well, and let's go here. He had to There's open a so bar as a waiting room for his restaurant. Well, that he did. And he was, a f- that he did that, but now there are other places to go to wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although you're not going to get the, you're not going to get the call. Yeah. But, um, there are so many places over within three blocks, you know, American local is a great spot. Bollywood, uh, uh, Koi Fusion. There's a new pizza place over there, Pizza Blanca. Mm-hmm. I think it's oh, yeah. crazy. So many. I have, and again, like I, I could probably go out every single day and and not get to all of these restaurants. Uh, I've been here nine years now, <clears throat> and I really started kind of discovering the scene about when it blossomed seven, eight years ago. And I say all the time, I don't, I don't know at all. I can't. You can't possibly keep up with it. Um, it's impossible. Yeah. So you you do what you you go where you like you try some new places and you know the cool thing about this town is people are always talking about different places so you get recommendations from all sor- different sources and you mentioned before you know one of the things that keeps Maurice in your mind is that chefs all the chefs you know in social media you can mm-hmm. see who's going yeah and that you know like when I first when Levant first opened and I saw every chef you know. Gabriel and and um, and John Gorham, they were all saying they loved it. And yeah. once you see that, yeah, you got to go. That's a good point. I I like to surround myself with chefs, and we if we have opportunities to cook together, that's that's my favorite thing. I I've been very fortunate to hang out with Joel Stocks a lot lately, and in the last two weeks, I've had three meals that he's made, and they've all been on his day. Well, oh, that's a privilege. Very lucky. So how many? You, I saw you at our PFA Hold Fast mm-hmm. dinner. I saw you. I enjoyed your company yes. there. Um, so, how many holdfast dinners have you been to? That's the only one. Oh, that was they, the only dinner. But they you've always with sell Joel. out so fast. Um, when I saw that one, I immediately latched on. I and I hope I actually was the first person to buy a ticket because it happened to. Well, well, no, Wendy Bumgardner is always the oh. first person. She buys. She's always the first in on everything. Oh, so, okay. And I appreciate so was I that. Second? 
I, I'll go back and look. I would and really like know. to know. I was I know, very you know, excited. The, the, the odd thing about that was uh, we were in Beaverton, and I thought as soon as I put that together with, with Will and Joel, hold fast, well, that would sell out in a couple of days, as his dinners do. And it took about a month because it was in hmm. Beaverton. I don't know if that's the exact reason. but Interesting. Um, but those tickets were available for a while, and there were probably a lot of people, if, if I'd done my job, uh, if they knew about it, they probably would have been in a lot sooner because it, it was a great dinner. It wasn't that far. Traffic well, I know that. I understand that. But yeah. I'm just telling the people. Right. Don't. You well, know. we're not doing them out there anymore, no. so that's okay. All but right. um, but that was a real fun. That was a fun evening. It was really fun. Um, that was the only hold fast dinner I went to. I'm actually in the process of trying to plan a dinner with them, um, for our uh, PCA annual dinner, which probably I shouldn't even talk about, but it's so exciting to be planning and, and um, Holdfast is very excited about it and all the board members are very excited about it when we're just trying to figure out where the location is going to be at this point. Well, there are probably a lot, there are a lot more spots than there used to be for that. Yeah. So um, I thank you for coming out in, early in the morning Yeah. To to join us. It was great. The minute I met you at Chico, I, we said oh. you got to come on the podcast because yeah. I knew we'd have a good. I think good we had chance. an instant connection. I'm so glad that we've been able to see each other so many times lately. I appreciate it, and we'll look forward to more. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you.